What's going on, everybody? My name is Matt. And I'm Gabe. And welcome back to another episode of the Tentacle Bot Podcast. And today we're breaking down another band this week. But before we jump into that, Gabe, what have you been listening to? Dude, I have been listening to so much music as of late. It's not even funny. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a guess as to why you've been listening to I, so much. I'm certain that you know why. <laughs> I rate fast. <laughs> yes, that's exactly hey. it. It's just me trying to keep up on top of this because, like, so in case anybody hasn't heard, uh, I'm part of the uh, the promotion team for Kentucky I Rate Festival happening in August 26th through 28th in Louisville, Kentucky, mm-hmm. which I recommend that everybody go to. It's going to be super cool. Um, that being said, I part of my job duties for that is I'm in charge of the entirety of the Discord server, mm-hmm. and as we're trying to get more and more bands into there, that way people can be talking with them and having those kind of discussions and stuff like that. I obviously don't want to come off as like I don't know what these people are playing and stuff like right. that because while I'm aware of a lot of the bands, mm-hmm. I haven't listened to a lot of their material, and so it's just been me kind of like trying to catch up on a lot of that, making sure that I'm familiar with who does what and everything like that, just so I'm not an, a misinformed individual. Mm-hmm. I'm probably reading into it a lot more than I need to, but that's where my headspace is at. That's fair. Well, and like you're you're promoting a show with a bunch of different bands, you definitely want to be able with to a know who's there. Amount of bands. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like uh, l- l- let me let me pull up just kind of what I've been going over, um, not, well, not including like my cool down period. Like so, I've been going over a ton of Warm Shepherd. Obviously, I've been going over the band that we're talking about today. I've been going over a few bands that I can't say yet, because um. Cause, um Last 10 Seconds of Life was announced yes. for it. They were just announced. So I've been going over a lot of their material. Mm-hmm. Savage Existence, I've been going over their material. Uh, there's uh, some other stuff in here. What Drives the Week, Rose Funeral. Um, uh, some other stuff again. Yeah. I, I, I've been going over a lot of the bands. And then as well, as just like my other regular listening that like I can just kind of listen on the background. Mm-hmm. So I've been going back into a, like, a lot of Pale Face. Oh, okay. Uh, which because those guys are just so good. Um, it's been more of uh, more anti-flag. I've been going into uh, Carpathia again, which they're super okay. good. And I've been listening to the new Myrlore stuff. Ooh, very nice. Yeah. Okay. What about you? So mine is nowhere near as extensive as yours. Um, <laughs> I feel definitely, like it's going to be that way for the next like two months. Or yeah. So. <laughs> and uh, so with the uh, and I'm actually just pulling up in case there was something that I had missed. Um, dude, I have been listening to nonstop uh, the Carcosa song Nihilus. Okay. Um, yeah, I, it's that, so good. So <laughs> I had actually. Um, quick story time but like i was sitting there reorganizing my room just trying to move some stuff in kind of clean it up because it's been a bit of a mess uh i would just sit there and i just turned on nihilus and i put it on repeat (laughs) and it was just playing and i was sitting there jamming the i don't know what it is that bane is doing at the beginning of the first breakdown but there's this just spicy spicy little thing he does at the beginning and it's just the song's fantastic Mm mm-hmm the other thing I returned to, which I actually haven't returned to uh, in some time, uh, Metallica, actually. Okay. So two, two almost completely different ends of the spectrum, but I returned to S&M's 1 and 2. Um, 
Two first, just because Outlaw Torn, the version that they did for that was phenomenal. Probably the best I've ever heard James Hetfield vocally. And then Return to SNM 1, just because I'm like, yeah, it's been a while since I listened to it. So still pretty heavy, and it's it's been super limited. But I feel like there was something else I'd been kind of jamming in between. But it's like th- those have really been where I've been stuck at. Fair enough. Yeah, like... As I'm going over like what I've been listening to and stuff like that too, there's a lot of these bands that like I'm just or not not a lot of these bands, but a lot of the music that I've been listening to, I'm not allowed to talk about yet. Yeah, <laughs> just because I'm not going to be the slippery seal that spills. But more on that later. Just keep, yeah, keep, just keep uh keep watching the irate fest hub and uh, yeah, definitely just keep an eye out for that because I've seen the little little bits of announcements that have been coming out and the show looks. Stupid. It, it Stupid. is utterly stacked. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, without further ado, Matt, why don't you, uh, why don't you tell us about what we're talking about today? Mm, we are talking about a band that's been around. They've been, oh my God, they've been around as long as I've been alive. Yep. They're called Nile. I've talked about these guys in the past. They're like one of my favorite death metal bands of all mm-hmm. time, and it was finally time that we do them some justice. Oh yeah, no this this is definitely a band that I've known the name for for some time, and um, surprisingly, I never attempted to get into before. Um, and the reason I bring that up is I've always had a fascination with Egyptian mythology, which Nile actually incorporates a lot into their music. Um, another thing that they actually uh, put pieces of is H.P. Lovecraft. So there's a little bit of blending of the two ideas that they throw in. Uh, this band was formed in Greenville, South Carolina back in 93. And oh God, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the um, the only original member of the band that's left is Carl Sanders. He's uh, on guitars and vocals mm-hmm. um, for all almost 30 years now. This dude can shred. So I recently got to see them uh, when they came through. They came through through uh, with uh, Incantation. That's right. I they do had, remember. That was a month and a half ago? Uh, I think it was a little bit longer than that. Okay. It was a couple months ago now. Okay. But um yeah, it, it was a really cool show. Really fun to see. Um it, yeah, it was uh it was those two, I think it was with Sanguasugabog and uh with also with the uh, Extinction AD. Okay, okay. If I remember correctly. I've been going to so many shows lately, I'm kinda starting to get things twisted. I need to yeah. I need to create a scrapbook. Sanguasugabog. I think that's the same band that my roommate actually showed me. I've only heard a little bit of their stuff, but if I remember who they are, they're pretty cool. But that's not who we're talking about exactly. today. Um, they put on a killer show. Mm-hmm. So really, these guys—they they take every all these awesome aspects of death metal, and then they take one of my favorite aspects of uh, your kind of like symphonic and atmospheric black metal, mm-hmm. and they kind of bring in this just atmosphere. Like you feel like you're in Egypt listening to these songs, a lot of these songs, mm-hmm. and like they have like these really cool chants that are going on and the horns that are playing in the background and then like in a live setting and the whole crowd is doing it. It just feels so cool. <sighs> that sounds unreal. Like, I missed Nile like seven years ago when they came through town and I've been kicking myself ever since. Mm-hmm. And now I'm, as much as I loved seeing them this go around, I'm still mad at myself for not seeing them the first time. Oh, because it was that no. good. 
Jeez. They, that's they're, that's they're some definitely, high praise. They're, they're definitely going to be one of those bands that anytime they come through again, I will be seeing them. Okay. No, I, I respect that. Um, so yeah, let's go. Uh, let's go over that original lineup here. So um, that original lineup consisted of Carl Sanders on uh, just guitars. He wasn't doing uh, vocals yet. That was actually being taken care of by uh, Chief Spires, who was also on bass at the time. And then we had Pete Hamara on drums. And uh, yeah, that's that's they, that's all. They the, kept it nice and simple. They did. <laughs> it, I mean, like that's kind of like the the general trend with most death metal bands. A lot mm-hmm. of the times they didn't have. Uh, a vocalist, uh, a standalone. The vocalist oh, is usually doing yeah. everything else. Because, like, just of the ones that I've seen recently, Jungle mm-hmm. Rot, Dave Matrice is on vocals and guitar. True. Carl Sanders, vocals and guitar. Or in this case, when we first started out, Chief Spires on bass guitar. Well, and you kind of saw that trope even going back into, like, the 80s and uh, still early 90s with, like, thrash bands. Because mm-hmm. if you look at... Megadeth, it's Dave Mustaine on guitar and vocals. Yep. You have James Hetfield on guitar and vocals. So it's definitely a trope. I just didn't expect to see, and I'm really mad that I didn't look more at the uh, member history um, preparing for this. I'm surprised that there wasn't the second guitarist, at least in the in the early days, because you d- do typically see a two guitar combination. Yeah, at first you didn't. Um, as, as you as as we progress, we definitely see it. So mm-hmm. by the time they re- they released their first album, uh, which came out in 1998, uh, so that's amongst the catacombs of Nifren Ka. Uh, that was released in 1998, as I mentioned. That was uh, April 28th. That was recorded at the Sound Lab in Columbia, South Carolina, and uh, it was recorded on Relapse. Yes. It was produced by Earl Sanders and Bob Moore, and uh, with this one here, they had incorporated another guitar uh, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, let's see. I lost it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and uh, it looks like all the tracks are uh, all the writing credit goes to Carl Sanders for this record. Correct. Uh, yeah. So I'm there, seeing. there was a small break where they had John Ellers on guitar, mm-hmm. um, but then we bring in Dallas Toller Wade on guitar and uh, secondary vocals as well. Okay. Um, so he's pretty much after the recording of this album, he's present throughout up until the the last album, which we'll obviously we'll get to. Sweet. This one. This is not what sparked my love for Nile, but mm. th- this is definitely like just a, a, a great addition to their discography. Yeah, um, th- they were obviously still kind of figuring out what they kind of wanted to do. the The title of the album is a reference to H.P. Lovecraft's story, "The Outsider." the The phrase is featured in the song "Beneath Eternal Oceans of Sand," which has lyrics paraphrased from the aforementioned tale in Lovecraft's Cthulhu myth- Mythos. Um, Nefren Ka was an Egyptian pharaoh whose unspeakable cult worship led him to be stricken from almost all Egyptian records in the Lovecraftian lore. That being said, still very like, yeah. e- Egypt-centric, and as we go through, we kind of see a lot more focus on the Egypt side of things and mm-hmm. kind of moving away from the Lovecraftian side of things. Right, yeah. No, this this record, um, this was the, the first time I really did a deep dive into this band. Uh, this, along with a couple of the other records, I ended up listening to multiple times. I definitely was was quickly hooked. The one that po- the song that pokes its head out the most prominently uh, is actually opening of the mouth. And the reason mm-hmm. that happened is at the beginning of the song is it sounds almost as if it's like like a video game soundtrack, but like an old video game kind of eight bit, sixteen bit kind of soundtrack just as the buildup. 
and up until this point you had gotten like the horns and the the much more atmospheric vibe to take you back into ancient Egypt as opposed to this one where it felt like it was trying to be so, like a, more of a video game soundtrack and i thought it just caught my attention i thought that was absolutely rad yeah. and then the rest of the song was just a banger other uh, notable songs on this record are going to be the smashing of antio bara edinazu and uh, ramsey's bringer of war which is my personal favorite on the record okay I respect that. Um, other notable addition, uh, additional musicians that were on this one here, uh, we have. I'm gonna mispronounce most of these. Um, <laughs> we have Dribble Dunkar, uh, who was on Thighbone Flutes and Turkish Gongs. We have Mahala Kapala on Damaro Human Skull Drums. Mudflap, which was additional vocals on uh, Dirach Creek Laid Der Asir. I, I don't know. Honestly, I think... <laughs> I don't if, know. <laughs> oh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Penga Grande was also additional vocals on that one, and then Guto Drupka was on choir. Yeah, I think... I, I don't know if you know the, the answer to this, but it almost looks like there's a number of the songs throughout the history of the band that are in German. Yeah. I don't. I don't know the significance of that, to be honest. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I wasn't sure if you may have known the 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 reason that is, but good to know. Couldn't tell you. Do you so, have anything further for uh for amongst the catacombs of Nefrenka? Not on this one, no. All right. Well, then uh, let's go ahead and move into the next album, Matt. So September fifth of two thousand through Relapse Records, we get the Black Seeds of Vengeance. Um, also recorded in the Sound Lab. Uh, this one came clocked in just a little bit shy of 43 minutes. And it was also re uh, released on Relapse Records, and it was yes. produced by Carl Sanders and Bob Morgan. A um, This one was kind of continuing to do what I was expecting Niall to do, based at least on uh, kind of what you would explain. So this is the this album that got me, into, got me into Niall. Was it really? It was. Okay. So, <laughs> the way I got into it, I, I discovered them completely on accident. Okay. So um, back in the early days of UltimateGuitar.com, which mm -hmm. was a, a Tabs website that I would oh use to, God, I to learn heard music. I that name in a long time. And uh, in order to be able to like comment and do stuff and whatnot on there, you had to write tabs for them. Oh, okay. So you had to contribute three tabs. They all had to be published uh, approved by their community and then once you did that you were able to like comment on things and stuff like that oh no <laughs> oh no so <laughs> in doing that i also would start reviewing other people's tabs and seeing how they were doing and the song masturbating the war god uh popped up and i'm like what is this that sounds silly i took a look at it i start playing the notes without ever hearing the song before and i'm like this is weird let me listen to the real song and then I played the real song, and it's light years faster than what I was playing at the time. And I was just like, what is this? And my life changed. <laughs> <laughs> this album is phenomenal. Yeah. No, th this one was super rad. I remember uh, as I was listening through, I had stopped to see what song it was, and I saw it was Masturbating the War God, and I started laughing. I'm like, hold on. Did I read that correctly? And sure enough, I did. 
No, this one this one was super rad. Uh, to Dream of Herb was another one of the songs that really caught my attention. Uh, Multitude of Foes did. And then Black Seeds of Vengeance actually was another another one that kind of When they grabbed played this me. live and they came in with that like the final chant of Black Seeds of Vengeance, it was like the whole room erupted. Because obviously they had their tracks that are playing. All of them are just going blistering flash. And then like the whole crowd just... Bluck! Seeds of vengeance. And just oh, like, dude. It, it was it was such a cool experience to be a part of. Um, of the, so the, the black like the title track on this one is my favorite, despite having first heard "Masturbating the War God." Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned "To Dream of Her." Yes, yeah, that one's also really good, and I also really like "Defiling the Gates of Ishtar." Okay. Um, this is the, uh, the the album that we see Dallas Toller Wade come in on guitars and vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, also, additional musicians that we have on this one: we have Pete Hamora on vocals, drums, uh, vocals and drums uh, to "Dream of Ur." Mm-hmm. Um, he he was also just there. Uh, totally lost that. Uh, anyway, um, we have Boz Porter doing additional vocals on "Defiling the Gates of Ishtar." Mustafa Abd El Aziz. On the Argyle, I don't, I don't even know what that is to be honest. Uh, I'm actually pulling it up. It is, uh, at least from what I'm seeing here, is it's a musical instrument in the reed family. Um, been used since ancient Egyptian times. Okay, I know what this is. It, it's kind of like that weird, not not the sitar, but kind of like the weird, uh, buzzing kind of sound that oh, happens. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so we have Mustafa Abd El Aziz on the Argyle on invocation of the gate of. At Ankh SNMNT. I'm really butchering these, and I'm sorry to anybody who's listening from Egypt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Ross Dolan on additional vocals for Keti Satha Shemsu. Gary Jones on vocals of on additional vocals of Defiling the Gates of Ishtar, Masturbating the War God, and Keti Satha Shemsu. Bob Moore does additional vocals on Keti Satha Shemsu as well. Oh, man, these names are so hard. Ali et Mar. El Hebney, uh, Respirations on The Nameless City of the Accursed, Scott Wilson on lead vocals to Dream of Ur, backing vocals on Keti Satha Shemsu, and finally, Muhammad El Hebney uh, f- with additional vocals on Keti Satha Shemsu. They, def- they <laughs> have a lot of people, but like it makes sense well, that really they have big... so many people come in to try and uh, help with creating this atmosphere. Oh, for sure, because I mean, like there, there is so much gang vocals that are mm-hmm. a part of their atmosphere to yeah. them. They have this very big anthemic kind of feel to them. And I feel like they to have all these people in there, it just adds kind of a more full, it's not just one person. It's not just Carl handling all of his. Yeah. It's it's all of them together. Yeah. No, for sure. Now, uh, in 2001, unfortunately, uh, the band did lose Chief Spires on bass and vocals and ended up getting John Vassano uh, for a little bit of time. And we also see the departure of Pete Hamora. Uh, And it looks like, uh, as a session musician, we did see Derek Roddy on drums in 2000 uh, before we get... Uh, I just completely yeah. John Vassano on Tony bass and vocals. Loriano is going to be the uh, the next drummer that we yeah. have for the next record, which is in their Darkened Shrines, which released in 2002 on August 20th. Uh, still through Relapse Records. 
Um, same place, uh, same studio that they recorded was the Sound Lab, and then Bob Moore was the producer. Um, this one was a bit different. So th th yeah. this one definitely took um, uh, a little bit more. They, they went back kind of more to the Lovecraftian kind of theme to it. Mm -hmm. um, it really just kind of went along a lot more thematic with this one here. Um, specifically, like there's technically nine tracks to the album. Um, but track number nine is broken into four parts, basically. Right. So after we have Wind of Horus, track number nine in their Darkest Shrines is broken up into Hall of Saurian Entombment, Invocation to Sedition Heresy, Destruction of the Temple of the Enemies of Ra, and Ruins, um, which are all really cool. It, mm -hmm. It's just this very doom kind of filled progression uh, I'm, I'm going to make you... Oh, you got the easy one. The additional musicians on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sick. Uh, we have John Vassano on additional vocals and Mike Brazil on additional vocals. Oh, you couldn't have made that any easier. <laughs> I, I did not plan that whatsoever. No. This one, I, I don't recall any reason for my me to complain um i, yeah, I this will. one here it just it took a different turn for me mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm not really a big fan of this record i like it but it's it, uh, at, it's the longest nile record it has their longest song technically speaking mm -hmm. with uh with in their darkest shrines being the compilation of four songs yeah it just doesn't really have what it needs to grab me for this one this this wasn't the record that i really like noticed a change in the band and um I can't say for the worse because, like, I, I didn't hear anything bad from the band. Uh, but as Gabe and I had talked, actually, before the start of the podcast is it's not a Nile issue. is It's more of a me issue. And I apologize to all the elitists that I'm going to offend with this statement. But I'm going to kind of lump a few different genres into one conglomerate for a moment. Um, with stuff like death metal, grindcore, um, black metal to an extent is with those very extreme styles is I can take only in certain doses. Well, with this is it was just kind of like death metal, then death metal, then death metal, then death metal is it starts God intended. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, is I started, I don't want to say being burned out but i just was like you have to take a break sometimes you have to take it. yeah and um this was a little bit of when that started to kind of come in but this was still interesting enough that i i believe this was actually the last record i had listened through twice so what i had ended up doing is the fir first couple records is i listened to just twice in a row um cuz they were just interesting enough fair enough and this one i n none of the songs really um poked it, poked themselves out at least just trying to go based purely off memory um, sarcophagus does seem to, um, th there seems to be a familiarity there. I can't remember why. Yeah. That was like one of the big singles off of yeah. this record. Um, I mean, like I said, like it's, it's not a Nile issue. It's a me issue, but I, I haven't heard anything bad up to this point. 
it's going to get better. Yeah. <laughs> so in uh, 2005, on May 23rd, uh, May 24th in America, uh, they released Annihilation of the Wicked, which is arguably one of their most popular albums that they've released. This one saw the replacement of Tony Laureano's on drums, and we have who becomes a much longer uh, drummer, George Colias. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we have John Visano back, uh, but he's on uh, bass and vocals this time. Yeet. Uh, additional musicians on this one is Mike Brazil, who does Exorcism Chants and Pazuzu Bowl on Chapter of Obeisance <laughs> Before Giving Breath to the Inert One in the Presence of the Crescent-Shaped Horns. That's a song name. Yes, it, it's so so wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, like oh. the first song is called Dusk Falls Upon the Temple of the Serpent on the Mount of Sunrise. Like, bro, that name it might be the most death metal thing I've heard in my life. It's so wonderful. Uh, also of mention is uh, this one was also recorded again in the Sound Lab in South Carolina and uh, was released on Relapse. This time we have a different producer, though. We do have Neil Kernan. This... I don't think this is where I started really kind of hitting that slump. Um, I'm trying to look through. See, that makes me sad because you're going to you're going to be in the middle of your slump in the middle of my favorite records. I know. <laughs> and it, it like and again, it's it's it, I ha- I have to keep saying it. It's not a Nile problem. It's a me problem. <laughs> um to also say this I have zero intention to not come back to this band. Like I heard so many cool little things mm-hmm. and I know there's a ton of stuff I missed. I, I have to go back and listen through for sure. Um, of this one here, uh, some additional songs that are of note are sacrifice unto Sebek and annihilation of the wicked, the title track on this record. Mm-hmm. Um, the final track that's on this one, Von Unas like in Colton. Definitely said that right. Uh, (laughs) uh, This is uh, German for Of Unspeakable Cults, which is the title of another fictional book by uh, from the HP Lovecraftian universe. Oh, sick. Okay. So at least you have an answer for that one. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This one here, I feel like we kind of just we finally have Nile tapping into what is their core sound. Mm -hmm. Not to say that they didn't have that for the last three records, but I feel like this one here, they really honed it in. And this is going to be the direction that they hammer in from. Yeah. Um, it also saw a little bit higher just in the production quality overall. I don't know if that's specific to Neil Kernan, but I feel like we just kind of begin to see a little bit more full of a sound from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- th- this record is definitely like in their their top. It, it's it's in my top five for them. Okay. Doesn't quite break top three. It's probably like puts it at number four for me. Okay, that's um, fair. It, it, number four and number five. It's a great record, but just the, the next ones are, are really going to be like what hit it for me. Okay. And speaking of next records, I'm going to pronounce this just absolutely wrong. Uh, Ithophallic came out July 17th of 2007 through Nuclear Blast. Yeah. So uh, we, we get a little bit of a change. A little bit little bit of a change. Uh, some th- things do stay the same. Uh, Sound Lab is the studio that they recorded. And then Neil Kernan returns as the producer here. Um, with the big single noted uh, being Papyrus containing the spell to preserve its possessor against attack from he who is in the water. <laughs> I swear, dude, some of these names make me think of anime. Like that one right there sounds like an anime title. It's 
it's I find that hilarious. That's fair. Um, yeah, the, the, this record is phenomenal. Um, it it's up there for me as well. Okay, um, I, I feel like if we're Annihilation, uh, Annihilation of the Wicked is number five. This is number four for me. Oh, sick. Okay. The um, song that really stuck out on this one was "Eat of the Dead." Yeah, um, I definitely, I definitely got a kick out of that one. And I believe even the gods must die. I think that was phenomenal um, song. One of the ones that really stuck out for me. Another couple of notable ones are going to be uh, "What Can Safely Be Written" as well as the title track "Ithophallic." Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one I think, as you had said, is really where they kind of honed into what Nile would become, or kind of they found their groove and they're they're riding it out. Um, it was actually I can't remember what my roommate has is a very opinionated person, but as I was sitting there listening to it, he popped his head out and he said something about this record. I think I think he was talking smack on it actually. Well, Billy can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't recorded on a potato. He doesn't want it. That's fair. Yeah, th- this one has quality to it, so he can't have it. Um, so this one was also one of the uh, first ones here that we start noticing some uh, chart topping or not chopping, but some chart. Chart chopping, chart chopping, chart chopping. <laughs> um, some chart results from it. So um, we have it peaking on number thirteen at on the Finnish charts, number seventy six on German charts, uh, Billboard Top two hundred at uh, one sixty two, and Billboard Top Heat Seekers at number four. Hey, they're doing pretty good. Yeah, as they should, because this it's so good. Mm-hmm. No, I I definitely. This was kind of like right in where the slump was starting, but it was it, it you know it, it was able to separate itself, so I was able to get some get some joy out of it. Ithophallic also means to have the penis erect. Today do that, I learned. Do, do with that information yeah. what you will. Anyway, we'll go ahead and move on. <laughs> and uh, this one is "Those Whom the Gods Detest," released on November third of two thousand nine. So. It, it, I this one takes my number one spot, really, just barely over at the Gates of Sea Through, which is their next album. Okay, um, this one was released November third of two thousand nine. It was released on Nuclear Blast, and we, we uh, are returning again with producer Neil Kernan. Okay, yeah, this I love this record. This this one was actually really good. This was I can I can actually say with this one is. The slump had kind of ended. Um, Kafir was a really good way for it to open. Fourth Aura of Dagon was <laughs> solid. Eye of Raw was a really, really fun one. Um, and even the title track, Those Whom the Gods Detest, was... That's my favorite song on the album. It, it's so good. It's just like when they come in with that chorus, like, we are they, the, the whom the gods detest. Like It's just like, oh, Yeah. <laughs> Okay, James Hetfield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fourth Aura of Dagon was another one of those chanting ones like, Aura, Aura. Oh, <laughs> Lord. Was that one of the ones that Niall had played at the show? Oh, oh Yeah, like they, they had like an over an hour long set. It was amazing. Oh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, Hittite Dung in- Incantation is also a really fun one. Uh, same thing with Utterances of the Crawling Dead. Like, I, I mean, I can't really, I, I, I'm going to just go through and say that for all of these. It's just so good. Um, chart peaking on this one here. We have it at 35 on Finnish charts. There is also uh, 149 on French charts, 160 on Billboard 200, and number three on Billboard Heat Seekers. Nice. 
Um, additional personnel on this one, Mike Brizale, uh, Chief Spires, David Meredith, John Vizzano, and Pete Hamora on additional vocals. It's kind of interesting. We see a, kind of just a return in general of all of like the, fir- the former musicians yeah. that they had. Um, John Vizzano, he's not like listed as like official personnel because Dallas Toller Wade took over the bass capabilities on mm-hmm. this one here. It's just going to be one of those things where I feel like they kind of just have them fill in when they need. Yeah. Yeah, which is completely fair. Um, yeah, I, I love this record so much. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that that's one that I definitely have zero issue with going back to. Like, it's it's a fun one. Yeah, I, I'm not alone in this, too. It, it's really highly rated in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Just so good. <laughs> Shall we jump into the next one? Let's do it. Let's, let's jump forward to 2012. June 29th of 2012, we get At the Gate of Sethu, uh, which was released through Nuclear Blast. Um, oh, and it looks like, according to what we're actually looking at here, um, it looks like it was released in Europe June 29th of 2012, and then July 3rd in North America um, through Nuclear Blast. They're an American band. I don't know why, like, they, they, but I guess they just do really well in Europe. That could be. Um, I'm fine for it. <laughs> so the drums were recorded in Sound Lab, and then it sound, looks like the rest of it was uh, recorded in Serpent Headed Studios slash OTB um, in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, Neil Kernan remains the producer here on this one for this just shy of 48-minute record. Um Looking through the names, I think this was the one where I really just... I hit that wall and I that's fair. like I, I, I was, I wanted to, to keep my, keep myself in, interested in it and try to keep, you know, try to keep a grasp of it. But some, something, something was missing on it for me. This one hits number two for me. <laughs> okay. I respect it. All the people in the Facebook comments are like, Oh my God, Matt has terrible taste. I can't believe they w- don't even like this record. Matt, they've been saying that for a while now. They, they, this is no exception. What, oh, who is um one of my buddies gave me grief because of how low I rated the Ghost album. <laughs> oh, he ripped into me. He's like, "Bro, what's wrong with you? Do you even have taste?" And I'm like, "I'm sorry. I Matt, guess I don't Matt, like Scooby Doo music." Why not? <laughs> okay, Scooby Doo music slapped. Oh wait, what was the um? What was that? Uh, I'm gonna go down. No, we're not going down the Scooby Doo <laughs> rabbit hole. Um, Gabe, praise this record. All right, so we open up with the enduring, enduring the eternal molestation of flame, which is metal. <laughs> mm-hmm. We go into the fiends who come to steal the magic of the deceased, the, the inevitable degradation of flesh. When my when my wrath is done, we have the beautiful instrumental of slaves of Zul. The gods who light up the sky at the gates of Sithu. Just all these songs are so good. And then, like, the ending of the record is just, like, this super low chant. And it's just kind of like this just low drum. Like, and then, like, there's just these really low guttural vocals that are just, like, this crazy, creepy chant. And it's so good. Mm. And I hate that fact that you had to hit your wall here because it's I know. so good. <laughs> I know. No, it's gonna force you to return to it at some point. Oh no! That, <laughs> please hold me accountable, Gabe. Um, 
Yeah, and then we see bonus tracks for this one. Uh, we actually get instrumental versions of Enduring the Eternal Molestation of Flame as well as the Inevitable Degra Degradation of Flesh. Yeah, and this is start something that all that they started on uh, Ithophallic as well is they just started including instrumental versions of a lot of these tracks, mm -hmm. which is fine. It's, it's easy to include an instrumental yeah. version. All you got to do is just cut the vocal tracks from the original mix. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's super easy for them. Um, on this one here, we have back again John Vassano and Mike Brazell on additional vocals. Uh, we also have Jason Hagen on additional vocals for additional personnel here. Nice. Uh, Matt, take us through charts. Uh, charts. Oh, no. I accidentally <laughs> closed it because I'm an idiot. Uh, uh, charts. So Matt's an idiot. Uh, we have it peaking it. at... I got it. <laughs> It just took me a second. Uh, so we actually see them hit 61 on Austrian albums, 156 on Belgian, uh, Finnish we see them at 37, French at 182, German at 27, Swedish at 41, and Swiss at 61. It so also like, charted at number 131 on U.S. charts, which does make it its highest charting album today. Hey, which go, is boys. understandable. Way to go, it's boys! Great. Now. Following up in 2015, August 28th of 2015, as a matter of fact, we get What Should Not Be Unearthed. This was... This one was all right. Yeah, so this one here doesn't fall in my top five. Mm -hmm. it, it's a good record. Like, I, Niall has never put out a bad record. Right. Just to clear the air on that, I don't believe that they ever can put out a bad record mm -hmm. unless they just decide to go, like, glam pop. And in that case, I really don't ever want to see Carl Sanders in leather. Uh, <laughs> forever. Stop it. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the, this one here, it's it's still real a really good record. It just doesn't really scratch that same itch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this was, it was either this record or the previous record. Um, the thing that really stuck out was... The focus of the vocals in as opposed to being like the lower the lower range where it was more like the growls, gutturals mm -hmm. and stuff, it was more of a mid tone. Um and that that was one of the things that really stuck out and I, I think it was like right around this time. Yeah, we definitely see a little bit of a uh, a vocal change. Um Carl Sanders from doing kind of like your standard low quiet or death metal growls. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Cookie Monster. Yeah, basically, yeah. Um, we see him move to more um, these very articulated mm -hmm. uh, words where like, you are actually able to understand a lot of the words yeah. that are being said, um, which isn't to say anything good or bad about what he was doing before. It's just a change. Yeah. And I personally prefer being able to understand lyrics. I don't have an issue with it if I can't, but it's also something that I like to be able to pick it out myself. Yeah, it, it's nice it's nice being able to have the option to understand people. Like don't get me wrong, primal sounds are muy caliente. <laughs> However, if I can hear what spicy spicy things you're talking about, that's that's just icing on the cake. Exactly. Notable ones from this record are going to be Call to Destruction, In the Name of Amun, and Evil to Cast Out Evil, which is a fantastic song. It's definitely the standout song on this record. Okay. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely be keeping my uh, ears out for those songs when I when I do inevitably come back to this record. And you said this, where would you put this on your rating for? On, on my rating, of, of their nine albums, this one probably comes in at number eight. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong. It's just it's one of those situations where one of them has to be at the bottom. 
kind of kind of or like towards with, the bottom. Um, yeah, no, I, I get you. Yeah, it, it's just it's it's nothing really particularly wrong with this album. I feel like it's just it came off the tail of both at the gates of Sithu mm-hmm. and uh, the those whom the gods detest. Yes, it, like off the tail of both of those, and right before uh, Vile and Alotic Rites. Mm-hmm. I just feel like it's kind of it, it hits the dip before it starts going back up again okay and that's where vile nilotic rights comes into play here um with their 2019 release which happened on november 1st was recorded at esoteron music studio in athens greece for the drums and then at serpent headed studios slash otv in greenville south carolina mm-hmm. uh once again we're releasing on nuclear blast this time it was just produced by carl sanders himself this is also the first record that we'll see um after uh <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, the the first record that Dallas Taylor Wade is not a part of since the original record, mm-hmm. yep. which is sad. That being said, the guy that they brought in to take over for it, Brian Kingsland, takes over phenomenally. Mm-hmm. He's a little bit more melodic than Dallas Taylor Wade is, but does a phenomenal job, kind of just filling in those shoes, and he does a phenomenal job live. Yeah. Uh, this is also the first album with bassist Brad Paris. Mm-hmm. Um, so just want to make sure to call that out. Um, the title track, as well as Long Shadows of Dread, are the two singles here on the record. And I actually was able to, the little bit that I definitely caught of this one, um, Vile Nalotic Rites was a solid one. And I was actually on my way here listening to Seven Horns of War. It's a great song. Um, so, like, it's... It definitely has the potential to be a record that I I can get really hooked on. It's just a matter of me kind of being in the mood for it is kind of a good way to put it. Other notable tracks that are going to be on this one here. We have the opening track, Long Shadows of Dread, the uh, title track, Vile Nilotic Rites. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other track they noted here is the Oxford Handbook of Savage Genocidal Warfare. I like it. That's a fun name. That's a super not fun name, but I mean, like <laughs> it, it's. I I find it. The reason I find it funny is like the Oxford Handbook. Like it, it yeah. almost is like a Oxford. Uh, that's exactly what they meant. Yeah, by Matt. yeah. So that's. <laughs> I thought that was funny. Uh, additional musicians. I'll just call out real quick. Uh, Mike Brazil on guest vocal, and then we get additional vocal from. <gasps> Joe Visano, Jason Hohenstein, Joshua Ward, Zach Jeter, Lauren Forrester, Kale Sanders, Hunter Ross, William Boyd, and Matt Arflin. So we've got a we've got a few people on this one. That we do, yeah. Just the, more for the gang vocals again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, th- th- this one falls at number three for me. It's a good record. It's just fun. Okay. It's the last offering that we have from Nile. I feel like we're overdue at this point, mm-hmm. even though it's only been three years. It was uh, four years in between this one and uh, what should not be an un- unearthed. And this is just me being greedy because I want to hear more Nile. Yeah, no, that's that's <laughs> because if I hear fair. more Nile, then that means that I get another tour. <laughs> no, I, I I respect that. I respect that. So that covers us all the way up to the current Nile stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Matt, I know I'm going to regret asking you this, but uh, on a scale of one to eight tentacles, where would you put Nile at here? Just just the band as a whole. Band as a whole, I'm going to put them at a six. Really? Yes. And I think part of it is musician... You Demon Hunter a five, and you were singing their praises the whole episode. 
Oh, God. You've been having too much sugared cereals. I, I have definitely been eating too much sugar cereal. Thanks, Dad. Um, so so we're gonna we're gonna need to fix that. Uh, Demon Hunter, we're gonna need to we're gonna need to bump you up a little bit. Uh, but like with Nile, the musicianship is absolutely there. I I can't deny that. It, it, it's it's truly is top tier. Like mm-hmm. I don't I don't know that we've really brought that in enough. But the musicianship that is brought forth from these guys yeah. is second to none. They, and Carl can shred. I. I still am kicking myself a little bit for not picking up the tab booklet that they had for Valnalotic Rights. Oh, I just don't no. think I would be able to play any of it. <laughs> it's a it's a nice col- piece for the bookshelf. Exactly. Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I would consider myself to be an above average guitarist. Mm-hmm. I don't think I can do half of what he does. <laughs> that's that's fair. No, like the musicianship is fantastic. The songwriting is really good because of the way that they're able to incorporate the. Uh, you know the Egyptian elements, the, the adding the vibe that it's ancient Egypt, and there's there's bands that attempt to try and incorporate this sort of atmosphere to the music, and they just like they can start to do it, but they can't fully do it well, where I, like these guys can. I feel like what they did too is because uh, if we want to get real technical, real quick, in uh, especially in heavy metal, like a lot of the metal riffs the the tones the very um kind of spooky eerie vibes that metal Mm -hmm. creates a lot of those are attributed to egyptian uh musicology basically yeah where they have kind of like the the general tonality that egyptian music once had we just Mm -hmm. throw distortion and and throw in double bass and china behind it. right right and i feel like nile just had the wherewithal and the gall to take it one step further and just add in those Egyptian elements. Yeah. And I don't think that any other band can do that at this point because it would just be a Nile ripoff. Yeah. And you can, I mean, you could almost make a, make an argument that Born of Osiris is trying to kind of, kind of move in that direction, especially with Angel or Alien. Like there was the, there was kind of the, the drippings of it. Um, I'll be honest when I saw, I was at that concert I was at that concert for the two opening bands, and that was it. It was Hunt the Dinosaur and Victims. Oh. I, I was inside to hear Machine for by Born of Osiris, and that okay. was it, and I was okay with that. That's fair. No, that's fair. <laughs> didn't even stay for Veil of Maya. <laughs> really? I didn't even care. That 100% guess. did not I mean, care. yeah, you, you've been kind of hit and miss with them recently. I, yeah, no, the, these guys absolutely deserve to be praised highly for what they're capable of doing. Um, I'm really mad that Demon Hunter I put down at a five. I think I did say that was subject to change. Uh, you you always do, but I, I remember making fun of you for it because I, I said it was your new point five. It was your safety go-to because you didn't want to put things so mid. It was a four, but you didn't want to give it too much because you were so unsure of yourself. I don't appreciate See a therapist, that. Matt. Anyway. No. <laughs> Um. Th- yeah. Th- this one here, like, it- it's hard for me. I want to put it at a seven. Mm-hmm. I also want to put it at a six. I refuse to to not commit, like some people. So I, I'm, I'm you. <laughs> I'm committing at a seven. Um. Fair. Th- th- these guys, they just they never fail to disappoint me. I'm always happy to go back to their records. They're my go-to. Like, if I ever need to sit down, crunch, and grind, mm-hmm. no distractions whatsoever. Nile is my go-to band to put it on. Mm, I respect that. It it has been for. 10 years now. Jeez. Well, that's going to wrap it up for our breakdown of Nile, the super sick death metal band out of South Carolina. Yep. 
And now we're going to go. So sure of yourself. I know, dude. <laughs> my my brain just, I guess, just decided to stop working. Um, But we're going to go into our hidden track where we talk about something maybe music related, maybe not music related, but just something outside of Nile. Gabe, you have anything? My life is irate fest right now. I have nothing more than irate fest. <laughs> I run the Discord server. If you want to join the Discord server, shoot us a message on one of our variety of social medias that we'll list here later. And uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and get you a link to get in there. That way you can at least be a part of taking uh, taking part in conversations with the other bands that are on there. Uh, just the general conversation. Keep up to date with what's going on. All that jazz. For sure. Mine, I'll keep quick. Um, actually, last week, I went to my first ever Digimon tournament. So that was a lot of fun. Um, ended up, it, there were quite a few people here at the shop that I had gone to. It was going to be a five-round event. So I started off really hot. I won rounds one and two. Um, just I was, I was feeling really jazzed. Round three, I'm pretty sure I played up against the owner of the shop. And at this point, I was starting to... I had not eaten much during the day. Are they uh, best of two? Uh, best of three? Best of three, yes. Okay. Yeah, it was best of three matches. Um, yeah, so round one, I went 2-1. Round two, I went 2-0. Uh, lost round three, one, two. It was a really close game three. Um, and the, the talking to the, talking to my opponent, he's like, dude, I was like, he was sweating. <laughs> um, and unfortunately it was just, uh, partly me playing poorly as well as just a bad matchup, uh, going into round four, um, I, I, I played very, very poorly. I had eaten not much throughout the day. So I was getting hungry. I was getting tired. Um, just not having a great time. Uh, ended up getting just absolutely canned. Uh, lost 0-2. And then uh, dropped after the round. So that way I could go get food. And some some folks were starting to kind of trinkle out uh, of the event. But I guess by the end of round three, there were like four undefeated players. So it was, it was, wow. it was part, that was part of the reason why it was uh, going to be running longer just to try and start breaking the ties. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a lot of fun. I'm planning to go and do a tournament at this shop again tomorrow, uh, at least as of the day of the recording. So hopefully do a little bit better. I'm going to try and be just better prepared and not suck so hard. <laughs> Maybe eat a little bit. Also eat some food. Bring a snack. Maybe a, oh, maybe a granola bar. <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely bringing like pro, uh, at least a protein bar and then just getting water there. I'm trying to quit drinking soda. Same. Hey. Yeah, no, I think getting the soda when I was at the tournament last week, which was the first soda I had had in like a week and a half, mm. that didn't help. So like body was just like, we're, we're not having fun, Mr. Yeah. Krabs. But that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Tentacobot Podcast. Uh, you can find us on a variety of social medias, including Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok, all at Tentacobop. Tentacobop. You can also find us on a variety of places that stream podcasts. We've got Podbean, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Basically, any place you can listen to us, we should be on there. Please like, rate, and subscribe. Please don't talk too much smack about me. I know I have nah, bad talk taste. Talk enough smack about him. Matt sucks. But you, the world you, needs to know this. 
This is why I do this podcast. I don't do it for me. I do it so Matt, so the world knows Matt sucks. <laughs> so you can abuse me. <laughs> <laughs> but that being said, we appreciate you guys. We will see you later. Catch you later.